We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. Timeline of Phoenix Suns podcast. My name is Mike. I'm here with Sam. Sam, how's it going? I'm doing pretty, pretty well. It was high time that we recorded something, I think, not because anything has happened yet, <laughs> but because it was time for literally us. Literally nothing literally, for the Suns. <laughs> literally nothing for the Suns has happened at this point. And this, in fact, I think what we're trying to do here is we're trying to will something into existence by pushing out mm-hmm. this episode. We figured we would just come with a quick update uh, a rumor roundup of all the latest um and because there's you know we haven't addressed kevin durant uh and the possibility of him coming to the phoenix suns obviously it's all we've been talking about on twitter for the past 48 hours but we wanted to push out an episode just to make sure people have something to listen to maybe it will be outdated uh as soon as we post this but uh if it is then <laughs> then all the better so we'll see but i'm doing all right yeah so like I, we haven't recorded it it's funny because it's been just a few days, right? It hasn't really been that long. Um, but it like so much you can talk about now could be outdated as quickly as possible, just as you mentioned. Uh, but essentially the biggest stuff that we've missed, I mean, I'll just list some stuff and we'll start with Kevin Durant, but Devin Booker signed a four year, $214 million supermax extension, uh, or will be signing it very soon if he hasn't signed it already. Uh, the next day, or the first thing we heard about, which was what, like a few hours, maybe two and a half hours before free agency opened, that's when Durant requested a trade out of the Brooklyn Nets, and which was vital, vital timing. I, I've talked about this before, but in order for the Suns to have the opportunity to utilize DeAndre in his salary and him as an asset to trade for Kevin Durant. It was really important that Kevin Durant made it known that he wanted to come to the Phoenix Suns before free agency opened, and he did. And it's clear that that's the reason he did, because the next report, first from Chris Haynes, was that he's listed the Phoenix Suns as his preference. By the way, Chris Haynes was first on that, and he said the Suns only. It wasn't until later that Woj then added the Miami Heat. Now, it appears the Miami Heat may be 
like a fake team on his list because uh, every report since then has been focused on the Phoenix Suns, including Brian Windhorst. By the way, happy Brian Windhorst Appreciation Day. Weird but day. Brian on, Win- weird day on Twitter for that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian Windhorst says that Durant is focused on landing in Phoenix and other reports since then, including Sam Amick of The Athletic, have all said the same thing. Basically, Durant wants to come to Phoenix, and it's official. It's it's actually happening. The thing that we wanted to happen, the thing that we covered in the middle of May, is happening now today on July 1st. No trade yet. If you're listening to this and a trade has happened, it's not another official. podcast is coming. Yeah, emergency uh, pod. But no trade yet. Yeah, I almost feel like you know we're all... We got all of our excitement out over the past two days, so it's not fresh anymore. Like if we'd recorded this 48 hours ago when KD asked out and we were recording a pod right now, I think we would probably just be screaming for 20 minutes straight and maybe that would be that would be it. That would, <laughs> There would be no analysis. Now yeah. it's like, look, Winhorst went as far as to say this morning on ESPN Radio, at least, that uh, it was a 99% chance that he said 99% confidence that KD one way or another was going to end up in Phoenix uh, we are still Phoenix Suns fans dealing with the history of being Phoenix Suns fans. So I just <laughs> yeah, right. I just feel like I can't <laughs> you, completely flip my shit until it's do you, official. Do you remember during the McDonough era when the Suns cleared all that cap space and then there was a report by Woj that the Suns were going to try to sell Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James on teaming up in Phoenix with Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> well, I, I remember obviously the meeting that they had with LeBron, which talk about a fake team. That was like, that was a fake meeting that he gave. It was us. the most, it's funny because you think about that, that meeting that LeBron gave to Phoenix, which we should we didn't earn. That was a clutch favor. Yeah. Which is funny to think about clutch doing a favor for the Phoenix Suns at that point. Yeah, it wasn't that And then of ago. course the relationship with clutch after that has all, you know, it's ended. It's essentially over. Anyway, um no, so for the record, no, I don't actually remember ever there being the possibility <laughs> of, tweet. of Mello teaming up. So what we could talk about that at some point. Um here, I mean, look, overwhelmingly the Suns are the favorites. People have reason to be really really excited here, but there's this hang up. This interesting hang up, Mike, in that Maybe no one around the league actually wants DeAndre Ayton, <laughs> or at least, <laughs> or at least for they a, don't want to pay him. for a guy who is supposed to be, according to everyone around the league throughout this season, shitting on mm-hmm. Phoenix for not giving him the guaranteed five-year max for a guy who was supposed to be just you know just pay him. It was supposed to be obvious. Yeah. It's proving pretty difficult now for the Suns to actually either pawn him off on the Nets, which obviously that would be the easiest. Or I'm sure what they're now doing, which is pivoting to one of several other teams that we could talk about, but that they're apparently t- Utah, yeah, yeah, that and others who's I, falling apart. Others, I think, too. Some that we've mentioned before, some maybe not, but yeah. others that you try and work into a three or four. Or, look, some people are getting super creative, even with the five team, <laughs> five team <laughs> deals to get this done. What my my stance has not changed. Whatever it takes, uh, I don't care if it's Aiton, Bridges, Johnson. 20 first round draft picks i'm all in on this possibility happening and i know also there are some reports coming out right now from people um we could just say it from like gambo talking mm-hmm. about how the suns might be able to get this done without giving up either deandre Ayton or mikhail bridges i will just go on the record saying i don't believe that for a second i think what gambo is doing there is something that's called leveraging however if by some miracle that does happen 
I will worship James Jones for eternity. He is clearly the general <laughs> manager of the century of all time in the NBA, and no one should yeah. ever question him again. So, yeah, a lot of stuff is up in the air right now. But I guess just going back to the main thing, the Aiton situation itself just continues to be difficult. Yeah. I'm, I think it's actually kind of fascinating to think about the way some big names like Woj and Zach Lowe talked about DeAndre Ayton's free agency uh, as early as like a few weeks ago in that, you know, Bill Duffy, you, you can you can criticize what he's done with DeAndre Ayton so far, which I think he deserves criticism for. But he played the media well in that both Woj and Lowe were just saying things like, Multiple teams are prepared to offer DeAndre in a max offer, which has just not happened. And it's just not true. Now, even if he gets a max offer after this, the ease of which they were implying that DeAndre Ayton was going to get a max offer was clearly agent motivated. <laughs> like That was just Bill Duffy using their mouth like a puppet <laughs> to say exactly what he needed to have the proper leverage, which, by the way, to me, just it's just a reminder of you know how those guys get the scoops that they get <clears throat> you know Woj is not afraid to tweet an agent's name in in the tweet <laughs> about whatever story he's talking about as well uh but it is funny how they implied that it was going to be an easy thing for DeAndre and then look he may still get a max of course it wasn't easy of course it's definitely not easy no of course and I think it, it underscores I think the leverage that the Suns have in this situation and, and why in my opinion there was always a good good chance that there was going to be a signing trade here because now like Indiana has some cap space they just tra- traded Malcolm Brogdon uh San Antonio has some cap space uh maybe Indiana's interested in DeAndre and we don't really know well they've been the Suns don't have to let him go there no, they they don't, but they've been linked, you know, as a potential suitor with Miles Turner trades and all that for a very long time. And so, no, I think Indiana now is maybe the most formidable um, crux here to, to potentially yeah. blow up a Kevin Durant trade because they have precisely $31 million in cap space, which is exactly what they need to go out and offer that that type of contract to DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. So, yeah, Indiana, big players. Indiana's now. there, and look, and they would they would probably offer miles Turner doesn't want to play next to another center. I'll just say that right now. Like that's the whole issue that they had last year. The reason they traded Sabonis in the first place. So if that were to come down, maybe the Suns could use miles Turner and his expiring contract as bait for, uh, Kevin Durant as well. You know, I think it sounds to me like if the nets are going to blow it up the way they're expected to blow it up, picks are going to be a huge, huge, huge asset and what's happening here, and the Suns own all of them. Every pick that they have coming up as far as first-round picks, and, and, they own everything. And let's be very clear. I, I forget who it was. Someone posted out uh, a, literally a list of all the teams that own all of their draft picks over the next seven years, and it's about maybe oh, somewhere between a third and half of the league. You know, a, a good amount of yeah. teams, but... Less than you would think. But a lot of bad teams, frankly, and not yeah. a lot of good teams because it tends to just be the case in the NBA that the way you get good is by trading your first-round pick. So Phoenix is in roughly a, a unique situation for where they are and have the mm-hmm. ability, and, and let's be very clear, it's not going to take... You can argue about, oh, can you get away with this without giving up Mikhail Bridges? Can you get away with this without giving up Cam Johnson? Whatever. But one thing is certain. The Suns are giving up four first-round draft picks. If they're lucky, maybe they can get protections on a couple of them. They're going to be spaced Mm -hmm. out every other year because that's how the rule works in the CBA. And in the years where uh, they're not directly giving up a pick, the other three are going to be pick swaps. Uh, This, to me, is basically a certainty. 
The Suns. By the way, James Jones blowing the horn and letting the entire league know that he doesn't care about draft picks right, right before this is kind of funny. Right. And, and, you know, still kind of was a stupid decision, in my opinion, because now, especially, there's no reason. <laughs> he values them. There's no, there's no reason for the Nets to believe that he wouldn't be willing to part with all exactly. seven. But again, for a top 15 player in NBA history, who the hell cares? So and a chance to win an NBA title in the I mean I would say at least in the next two years. So between now, if this gets done, and this is really the least of my worries, I don't care. I'm just stressing that like if this gets done, I wouldn't expect the Suns to have a good first round pick between now and the year 2029. They'll have a few first round picks in the years mm-hmm. where they do a pick swap rather than uh, owing it outright. But those picks will probably be pretty bad. So that's kind of the situation you're looking at. But if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. And and the pick swaps are nice because like over time as you get closer and closer to those years the Suns would have the ability of trading those if they needed to, which of course, to the draft guys listening, sorry, <laughs> because yeah, not not much there, but like they could still potentially have assets, draft assets, and trades. They could be the Nets pick. They'll probably be the Suns. The Nets will probably have a worse record than the Suns in those years, at least the recent years, and uh, that means that the Suns still have the ability of trading it, whether it be the Nets picks or the Suns picks in the future. But now I would say I am, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty damn confident Kevin Durant's coming to the Suns. I would be shocked if he went somewhere else at this point. H- how do you feel? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel I feel pretty good at this point. What What's to stop Indiana from throwing a, a max contract offer sheet uh, at Aiton, though? Like, that to me, that's the thing. I think you can convince Brooklyn one way or another either to take on Aiton eventually, and maybe all the reports we've been hearing about were smoke screens or whatever, or you find the third team to send other assets where DeAndre Aiton can, goes there, can go there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now that Indiana has created the full cap space, what stops them exactly from counter-navigating the whole process, in your opinion? Why, why, is, that, why is that not a per, more of a perceived threat to you? Uh, I just I think that the Suns could still work out a sign-and-trade with them, maybe they even get a pick. You know, maybe they get something else that they could include and end up sending seven, eight, nine picks, whatever they end up getting to Brooklyn. I think it's. I just feel pretty confident that it's going to happen, regardless. I don't think that. I don't think that DeAndre is the prize for them. I just you don't think, think the, he is. You think the you know? picks are the prize, or you think Mikael I think the Bridges picks are the prize, prize? and the think, Suns. Or do you think Donovan Mitchell is the prize? You know, like it could be something like that if the Suns could work something else out like that that sends them a star. But I think it's the picks, yeah. and I think it's the total amount of picks that they can get from the Phoenix Suns, Let's, and that includes the potential of the Suns working out a signing trade. And by the way, let me just mention the teams that have cap space right now could be, and and you might think I'm insane for this, but we'll see what happens. They could be creating cap space for Russell Westbrook. Because Russell Westbrook is on an expiring deal. By the way, the combination of the cap space and Miles Turner could create enough room for Russell Westbrook for Indiana. If if a team is willing to take on Russell Westbrook, there's a high likelihood they would get another asset along with that, probably a pick or something. And a team that doesn't want to win next year, maybe the Spurs, Indiana. I don't know if there's another team that could actually do it, but those are the two most likely teams at this point, could create that space and take on one year of Russell Westbrook's contract and try to what I've described as OKC his trade value, maybe play him for half the year and try and retrade him at the deadline or just buy him out immediately and just sort of eat that cap space for a pick and just understand that they had to get up to the floor anyway and they got up to the floor, they can play their young guys and now they have another asset for the future. And yep. That could make room for the Suns to actually trade directly to Brooklyn if Kyrie is involved in what goes back to Los Angeles. So I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened as well.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All I'll say is uh, if, if you're including maybe San Antonio, if you're including Indiana in that conversation, they should be prepared for a full buyout of, of Russell Westbrook if we're talking about them as a destination. I can't imagine a worse situation for Tyrese Halliburton next year than having a significant number yeah. of his touches eaten up by Russell Westbrook, who's like obviously not, mm-hmm. a, not a part of the team's long-term plans. So, yeah, it's really yeah. complicated with him. Um, let's talk about Utah. Yeah. This was unexpected. Right, I, not. <laughs> I mean, well, not really. Okay, well, we, okay. we had a we had a podcast about trading for uh, Donovan Mitchell what, a month ago. No, no, no. Let me. Okay, let me clarify what I'm talking about. I don't think the Rudy Gobert trade and everything that happened earlier today was particularly unexpected. I I expected the Jazz to to. I guess there's a lot of different ways we can go with this conversation. First of all, so I I all along have expected the Jazz to keep one of the two, and now we don't know if they will keep either one, but they still do have one of the two, right? The fact mm-hmm, that they yeah. chose, at least for now, Donovan Mitchell over Rudy Gobert did not surprise me in the slightest. The Minnesota destination did surprise me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But what really surprised me here, I'm not so much interested in talking about Rudy Gobert since we're not at we're a Suns podcast, not an NBA podcast, although I do think that's an interesting angle too. Um, mm-hmm. It was Gambo coming out a few hours ago and saying the Utah Jazz have uh, expressed interest in exploring a trade for DeAndre Ayton. Uh, would have to be, obviously, a sign-in mm-hmm. trade since they do not have cap space. That came out of nowhere what was your what was your initial i'm surprised and you know it's actually kind of funny in in like a the way that fans have compared either 
Rudy Gobert to DeAndre Ayton or Donovan Mitchell to Devin Booker, the idea of the potential of two of those guys like trading places essentially, or you know DeAndre Ayton being switched out and seeing how that works for Donovan Mitchell is just a kind of a fascinating thing. By the way, do you think Donovan Mitchell would avoid passing to DeAndre Ayton as well? Do <laughs> you think Ayton has earned enough of a right to get more than two passes a game? I think Ayton's... Uh, uh, he's got to catch at least one of them. Ayton's seal and post hook is like exponentially better. I, I would, yeah, hope, I would yeah. hope that Donovan gives him a chance there. Let's just say if they ended but up playing together. Ayton's going to be fighting for his life when he realizes that Donovan lets everyone blow by him in the playoffs, though. Yeah. <laughs> that part is going to be fascinating. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's an interesting destination, and I think there's a good chance th- that the Suns could get the most assets. Like out of all the teams that need or that are interested potentially in DeAndre, in which at this point is what it, the only rumors we've heard as of recently were Indiana and Utah. And by the way, before those two this morning, zero last night, like zero news about Aiden last night. So the only thing we've heard today is maybe Indiana and maybe Utah. And if, if Utah really wants him, the Suns can extract the most assets out of them because they don't have the cap space. So the Suns can actually get stuff back either to use yeah. uh, on the team next year or to use in a trade for Kevin Durant, maybe the, even a pick now that they have like 12 or whatever they got for Rudy Gobert. Yeah, well, they have a lot of picks. That's for sure they have a lot of picks. And I think Utah's picks to reroute those towards Brooklyn, that could definitely be helpful for Phoenix. In terms of actual mm-hmm. player talent, if they're not giving up Donovan Mitchell, and again, I th- I'm skeptical of that for now. I know everyone wants Donovan Mitchell to leave the Jazz. Um, I'm, mm, I'm still skeptical. Just for the comedy of it, right? I mean, a little bit. And and because he's a legitimately, <laughs> he's a star player and people want star players. Yeah. And, you know, like obviously if you could reroute Donovan Mitchell to Brooklyn, it gets a lot easier for Phoenix too. But I, what other talent do they have on the, on this gutted roster now that would actually be yeah, useful I mean, in like any sort of, you know. Jordan Clarkson, Jared yeah. Vanderbilt. Yeah. And Clarkson in, is expiring. Vanderbilt, I think, is close to expiring. Actually, no, he signed a contract I think last year. He's got year. two years. Uh, I think he's got two years. Yeah. And uh, let's see who else I have. Patrick Beverly, who was just extended. By the way, funny that they extended Patrick Beverly to trade him. Essentially, turned him into a trade asset. Yeah, he deserves and it. Somebody on somebody on Twitter said the funniest outcome would be the Suns trading for Patrick Beverly long enough to force him to walk back his Chris Paul comments, only to trade him again later. Yeah. <laughs> and and make him the enemy once again. Uh, yeah, and I, I guess that's kind of it. I don't talk have about a guy who they has, have Boyan. Who, yeah, they have Boyan. He's fine. I mean, he, yeah. they have Boyan. Why does Brooklyn want Boyan? You know, I'm still, I'm still thinking. Is he expiring? The, like, if they, you know, maybe they want the look. cap space. Yeah, we're, we're, we're the cap space for, as we cap space for what? <laughs> just see, I see. I guess so part can, of what I'm struggling with. They can fill with, the roster with their own players that they pick. Part right? of what Instead I'm struggling what with is why why a team in Brooklyn's position wouldn't want DeAndre Ayton. I mean, look, granted, they just resigned Nick Claxton, and you know they have. Yeah, other, it could be bluster. They have other it pieces, could be fake. but but I I don't know. I I would not want. Let's see, what's what's Boyan's? He is an expiring contract. Props to you on that one. Yeah, Nineteen so that helps. Nineteen point three next year, and that's his last year. Um, I will just also clarify, like with with Mitchell. I, it's not that I think the Jazz maybe wouldn't just be in a better position right now to blow it all up and get rid of Mitchell as well. And this, hey, like, you know, in my opinion, the Mavs are getting worse. It would be great if the Jazz also just got completely worse. And that's kind of two teams that you don't have to worry about anymore next season. The, the Mavs yeah. are going to have to continue yeah. to worry about a little bit just because of Luka. But um, not matching Jalen Brunson's salary was a little egregious. 
Uh, we'll see if they get Colin Sexton to make up for it. Otherwise, it looks really bad. But with the Jazz, I I don't know. I think they're just kind of one of those prideful organizations. Do you know what I mean? And and on top of mm-hmm. that, the All Star Games coming to Salt Lake City in this next year. I think there's kind oh of oh my god. No, I'm serious I about that. I know. Yeah, I think no, a, you're right. I, I think a forgot. lot of people have, and I think there's this internal pressure to not be a complete joke of an organization yeah. when the league comes, yeah. when the commissioner comes to town, essentially. Right. And if that means right. keeping Donovan Mitchell and kind of just pre- pretending that the cracks aren't for there a year. for a year, right. and then he asks out eventually anyway, I think that is something they would be willing to do: is give it one last chance with whatever they would call this retool. And so it's maybe horrible. if he's going to hate it, <laughs> maybe if they're interested in DeAndre Ayton, it is legitimately for, uh, from their yeah, perspective, one year, right? Yeah, good purposes, retooling purposes, trying to see if they can keep Donovan Mitchell happy by providing some sort of seeing if there is roster. anything salvageable there. And I don't think it's going to be a particularly successful strategy, but I guess I can see why they would, why they would be willing to try. And if in the process they give up like two or three of these picks to Brooklyn, and it lessens the load that that Phoenix has to bring to the table, then okay. But I, you know, I don't understand why Brooklyn would rather just have more late first round picks or mid first round picks than, Mm -hmm. than one of the best young centers in the league. Even if I don't necessarily believe that DA is a, a full max contract player, he's right. You know, still a great player. So he's like, he's a much better offensive player than Rudy Gobert, as we mentioned, but a worse defensive player. And like, he's a good defensive player, but he's still significantly worse than Rudy Gobert. Just by, all defensive metrics that you can find. Uh, so that's tough. I don't know exactly what's going to happen in Utah. I do think the Suns being involved in Donovan Mitchell leaving Utah would be funny. Uh, so I you got think off that a lot of jokes today, by the way. I did, <laughs> yeah. did see you couldn't help yourself. It's for- a good day for. Oh, as soon as that news came out, I. It was easy. It was easy. It's going to be interesting to see another fan base really over talk themselves into Rudy Gobert we'll see if like that level of loving Rudy Gobert despite his flaws it's like translatable to another fan base or if Minnesota will be frustrated with him at some point for not having an offensive game I do think the pairing of Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert at the very least is fascinating and to see that will be fun Dude, because it's so drastically different than every team in the NBA, I'm, and at least it'll be fun. I, th- I think people are are being way too quick about criticizing that. I mean, it, is it risky? Yes, it's absolutely risky. It but, kind of makes sense. I mean, I'm I'm fully expecting... I'm one of those people. I'm a big Ant believer. I'm fully expecting... Yeah. I'm expecting Ant to take another leap, and they still have D'Angelo Russell. Like, they, they pulled that yeah. off while keeping their third best score from last season. Mm-hmm. I, th- that could be a really fucking good team. So we're, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, it's going to be weird at first, though. It's not going to be good at first, I think. They're going to have to find a way to put it together by the end of the season and hopefully win enough games to make it to the playoffs if you're a fan of that team. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening there. Can I just ask you, this is, I think, one of the funniest Gambo reports because Gambo, as we've joked in the past, is like a dream crusher <laughs> during free agency. Yep. He just like... He like he reports very little until like right before free agency, and then everyone that every Suns fan likes, he just tweets that the Suns aren't interested in them, like over and over and over again to kill our dreams. But then today, on the radio, he said it's possible that the Suns get Kevin Durant without giving up Aiton or Mikel. Yeah, I know. And I like, what is he talking leveraging, about? Leveraging, leveraging, man. It, it's, it's he's it's, working for the Suns. It, at this it's point, the right? fact that Gambo never does this. 
And uh, honestly, in my opinion, <laughs> yes. I, I read that, and, and obviously I knew it was going to happen. Suns fans instantly ran with it. Multiple people right. in my right. replies being like, did you hear what Gambo just said? And I'm like, come on, guys. I uh, Don't get me wrong. I Like I said, I would worship James Jones if this happens. But to me, it smells a little bit of desperation on the Suns' end, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I think that, they, that they need I, Gambo I believe- out there doing this. I believe that the reason this hasn't happened yet is because the Suns are trying to keep Mikel Bridges. Let's be very that part. I believe. Let's be very clear. By the way, you know, the Suns are the favorites here, but if they don't get Kevin Durant somehow, this offseason is a disaster. They're fucked. <laughs> There's nobody <laughs> left. You know, before we started recording, both of both of us, you and I, brought up the uh, free agency tracker to like check on the available free agents and everyone that's signed so far. And it's a it's a ghost town, right? It's a ghost town. So you, I mean, DeAndre Ayton is by far the best free agent left. I mean, look, you can always you can always resign DeAndre Ayton and say, hey, we'll trade him in a year, but then you're you're just not going to get any kind of positive momentum going into the season. I mean, you're I wasting think. the end of and Chris Paul's career. Basically. You already lost Javale McGee. You already lost Aaron Holiday. Look, I know you know. I wish those guys the best. I think both of them had good seasons, and it, I also recognize that it's not the end of the world. But with yeah, who, replaceable players, whoever you would replace them with would probably be a little bit worse too. At this point, I think it's fair to say. So yeah. if you literally did nothing <laughs> because you lost out on Kevin Durant, as much as the Suns are the favorites right now, uh, losing him to Miami. Losing him to Indiana, it's it's just not an option. Mm-mm. Not an option. Mm-hmm. Not you wouldn't lose Kevin Durant to Indiana. Sorry, losing DeAndre. <laughs> what I mean is losing yes, DeAndre yes, Ayton yes. to Indiana, <laughs> which nixes uh, an Ayton deal or sorry, uh, a Durant deal that would have involved Ayton. You know what I meant? But yeah, I think the the picks, the Suns' ability to trade picks. Is is really, I think, the thing that could change everything for the Suns here. And the reason the Suns are in the lead, and by the way, we're saying this so much that the likelihood of somebody else trading for him right after we post this is high. And the the only the thing about being a Suns fan is it's hard to be as hurt as we possibly can be without getting our hopes up first. So that's the job of this podcast, get our hopes highest. But the question is, would a team where Kevin Durant has said that he doesn't want to play for them, because right, he said two teams, would they be willing to give up the amount of picks that it's going to take? Or would the Suns, you know, their willingness to potentially give up six or seven picks or whatever they can, essentially, with swaps, will they be the only team willing to do that because they know that Durant wants to play here? And I think yep. that's the biggest thing. Durant, you know, I, that, the thing is, Durant is so clearly a guy who just forges his own destiny. He does what he wants. And so even for Phoenix, when you're giving up those six or seven picks, you know he wants to play for you right now. That doesn't necessarily mean anything about if he wants to play for you next year. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's just how it is. So, oh, yeah. I mean, look, I've talked to Suns fans, friends, you know, in, in my personal life who are also Suns fans who are, like, worried about this, not because they deny KD's talent, but they're just like, what's to say? What's This is a guy who's currently asking out with four years left on his contract. Exactly. What's to yeah. say he doesn't leave next season after, let's say, a, sec- a disappointing second round or Western Conference <laughs> yeah. Finals exit or something? It's, and it's really the main reason. And you know what, James Jones still has a job to do after the trade. You know, if it happens. you know what? There's there's nothing like there's nothing preventing that. There's just mm-hmm. I can't tell yeah. those people anything that would you just yeah. calm them yeah. down. There's nothing I can say. But well, I mean, the one thing they have is the op- opportunity to trade Kevin Durant again and get whatever assets from Durant again. The same thing that happened with Brooklyn. Right. You know? and, and, it's and, not like Brooklyn's going to be left with nothing after this. And you and, just continue to stress the point that this is the most talented player the Phoenix Suns yeah. would have would ever trade well, the for. The other point, 
is the Suns don't have Kyrie Irving and the problems that come with him. Yeah. Every team that's had Kyrie Irving appears to get tired of him at some point. So, right. uh, you know, there's, it's not, look, actually it was kind of interesting. Zach Lowe, I was listening to the Low Post, mentioned something that I thought was pretty fascinating. It's about, he, he said the concept of putting a super team together and having the one superstar that was drafted there and how there is an anchor to the, uh, to the culture of that team, whether it be Dwayne Wade in Miami recruiting players over to Miami and understanding that this concept, this team, this dynamic, this culture existed before that player got there in LeBron James or Chris Bosch, and it's going to exist afterwards. And then the same thing, the same concept applies to the Golden State Warriors, which I don't think you mentioned, but I think it's obvious that he was implying them as well with Steph Curry being there and then having Kevin Durant. Well, now there was this anchor that still existed if Durant comes to Phoenix, Devin Booker's here. Yeah, and the, and there is sort of a concept of when they were in when they were in Brooklyn, there wasn't that. And I thought that was a fascinating concept. I don't know how much I buy into it because you know these I'm, guys, yeah. they're ultimately the personalities have to fit. But it's just an interesting way to look at it. I think the the all of the stars uh, that would be on this Suns team are relatively low key. So I guess I, I would buy stock and believing that it could maybe work in a way where sometimes it doesn't um do you think kd would be jealous of booker and phoenix like he was of <laughs> like he was of the adoration of steph uh in golden state or is it kind of not on the same it's, not in, well, it's, not it's, in the same atmosphere stratosphere it's interesting because in some respect the way that warriors fans defend and defended Steph Curry, I don't think they have to worry about it anymore after this last championship, but the way that they defended him did kind of come from a place of insecurity about his legacy, right? To try to like, and and Suns fans have that for Devin Booker. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like that's not something that doesn't exist for Suns fans with Devin Booker. But I don't think, uh, I think the difference is the Warriors won a championship before him, right? The Suns have none. Whoever brings it to the Suns, whoever that entire team will be worshipped for all of time, I think. And and I think you and I could be part of that. <laughs> so we'll try and hold their legacies up for all time. I think it'll be probably more similar to the way that Raptors fans think of Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. uh, than Warriors fans think of Kevin Durant in that it's just a different situation. Uh, you know, Steph is incredible and, he's, and he deserves the way they talk about him. And, uh, you know, that is a weird situation. And I don't know that, you know, Suns fans are just happy when the team's good. I think, you know, like we're just, that's kind of how we are. Yeah. And, and all the insecurity stuff should go out the window if KD comes. I mean, like you guys just need to, I feel like we already were getting there this year a little bit, but especially. No, a hundred percent. People will be arguing that Devin Booker is the best player on the Suns. If, even if Durant's here, that's that's definitely going to happen. Well, also, no, I was just going (laughs) to say like, everyone needs to just embrace full villain role. Don't whine about the national media. Don't whine about what other fan bases say about you. Oh, they're saying mean things about us. Like, it, this is what comes with the territory if you sign or, or if you trade for Kevin Durant. Like, just win your 65 games, dick down the rest of the league en route to a championship, and enjoy the ride. Be the villain. That's what I would encourage people to do. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Let's talk about... You think you think, uh, you think think that Steve Nash was in Brooklyn talking about how great Phoenix was for two years? No. You know, being like, hey, the Camelback actually has pretty nice houses. No. And there's good restaurants in Phoenix. I've never... Just kind of whispering Steve, that stuff Steve, into Durant's ear. Steve Nash is entirely respectful of his time in Phoenix. <laughs> and obviously, he, like, he recognizes the role that that organization, this organization played in his career and whatever. 
Um, but I don't think he, I've never gotten the vibe from Nash that he like, he's not like a Dirk figure. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's not like, no, uh, he's not, like, yeah. like Steve yeah. Nash isn't Phoenix. He's maybe the greatest Phoenix Suns athlete ever or, or, or the greatest Phoenix Suns legend, but like, he's not, you don't associate him with the city. He never adopted the city. Yeah, arguably Chris, the culture I'm sorry, Charles, arguably Charles Barkley has done that more and he was only here for a few years. Right. Uh, he still lives here though. I, I think mean, that's it, part of it. A you lot know, of- to be fair, I used to say the same thing about Steve Nash with basketball in general for a while post uh, career for him. It felt like he was yeah. just entirely invested in soccer. And a lot of people were shocked when he came back to coach in the NBA. Um, anyway, I want to move on. Last yes, thing to talk about today. Let's talk about Devin Booker contract extension. Yes. Let's, uh, yes. let's get into it. Four year. $214 million Supermax contract extension. And Sham Sharani, who had this uh, first, also said he will be the cover athlete for NBA 2K23. <laughs> it's official. The year of Devin Booker is here. He's going to be one of the highest paid players in the league once the Supermax kicks in. And he's going to be on the cover of the biggest NBA video game imaginable um, imaginable deandre i don't know how to talk favorite video game (laughs) by the way yeah yeah that's really kind of the funniest part but uh 214 million dollars supermax i think uh you know a lot of people are going to see that number and go wow that's too much or wow that's a lot or oh are we sure we want to do that or something and that happens with every superstar i feel like when they get signed um we've talked about it in the past but i think our opinions are pretty similar here sam in that you just kind of have to do this, and it's and it's a good contract whether you realize it or not because the cap's going to go up in the future. Well, that's the main thing. I mean, I, I my opinion regardless of the cap spike would have been you just got to do it. There's no alternative. You can't lose Devin Booker if you're a market like Phoenix. But because of the cap spike and specifically because of when they sign this, which is going to be it's going to kick in the year before that cap spike with the new TV deal coming in 2025, um, I think this is essentially a brilliant move for the Suns. And proportionately, it's going to keep Devin Booker. Uh, like right now, he makes less than 30% of the Suns' salary cap on his current salary. The Supermax starts at 35% of the cap. But if that cap spike comes, and we don't know exactly what the estimates are going to be yet, but if it does come and if it's not properly smoothed, like again, like it should have been in 2016, mm-hmm. the last time this happened, uh, you could probably keep Booker at close to that 30%, maybe even less than 30% level of whatever the salary cap is going to be at that point. So even though it's a, this is a super max contract in name, uh, effectively, how is it going to alter the Suns' ability to retain other talent under the cap or, or at the cap level going forward? I don't think it's going to have much impact at all. I think this is, no. A, a really wise financial move by the Suns to get this sorted now, and B... It's a really smart symbolic move from the Suns as well exactly. because the other the other yeah. part of this is we expected this to maybe get done at the very end of this offseason. Yeah. I, I, I think yeah. we said, you know, don't expect any movement on a Cam Johnson extension and don't expect any movement. Because they don't have to be. On yeah. a Devin Booker extension. They'll sort out Aiton first. The last thing that I expected was that they were going to take care of Booker first on the first day of free agency. But now that they did it, I kind of love it. Because it wasn't just the first day of free agency. It, it was, was the, first the minute, minute free yeah. agency opened. The minute it opened. But I, was I, I love it because you've symbolically committed to this guy who is your franchise cornerstone. And whether they knew it or not at the time that they were negotiating the actual contract, 
the day of, there was all this other ancillary bullshit going around the league about, oh, actually, the Nets are only going to do this if uh, they can get Devin Booker back. <laughs> They're not. And and yeah. I don't know if the Suns knew about this at all. I have a feeling they already had all the contract details worked out before yeah. any of yeah. that stuff came out. But the timing worked out in such a way where it was even better for them to commit pull the rug for them to pull the rug and commit to Devin Booker in that way. And first of all, the Nets wouldn't have been able to trade for Booker anyway, at least not without getting yeah. rid of Ben Simmons, as we know, we've talked about in the past. Um, but for them to officially kind of close the door on that and say, no, this is our guy. This is who we're committing to. He is uh, emblematic of who the Phoenix Suns are as an organization for, for the next five, seven years. That's great. And uh, yeah, I have no complaints about this whatsoever. Chris Paul wanted to come to Phoenix for one reason, Devin Booker. As much as he likes Monty Williams, if Devin Booker wasn't here, Chris Paul wouldn't be in Phoenix. Kevin Durant wants to come to Phoenix because of Devin Booker. Now, Chris Paul is part of that for sure, but we know Chris Paul is 37. He's not going to a team to just play with Chris Paul. He's coming to play with Devin Booker. The Suns needed to do this. Devin Booker is clearly the type of player that can attract other stars to Phoenix. And look, we in the past just coincidentally looked up the greatest free agency signings in Suns history. And they're not overly impressive, right? Steve Nash is really it. Tom Chambers. But but yeah, the, the essentially Chris Paul and Kevin Durant, not free agency signings, but the way that the modern NBA works they're essentially the two best free agency signings the Suns have ever had because they're two players who chose the destination that they're going to in the trades that they're potentially going to if Kevin Durant comes to the Suns, of course. There's a big if on that. But the reason that that happened is because of Devin Booker, and Devin Booker was drafted in Phoenix and suffered through some of the worst seasons in the Suns' history where he was surrounded by absolute garbage and then took this, took this team to the NBA Finals. He earned this, and he signed it, and as the 13th pick in the NBA draft and essentially the first player announced on this Supermax, it's a pretty cool thing to see. And I think Suns fans should feel proud of Devin Booker. We've seen what he's gone through. We've watched, you know, some of us have watched essentially every game of his career. And now he'll be one of the highest paid players in the NBA, hopefully on one of the best teams in the NBA next season. It's pretty cool to see. Good for him on the 2K thing too. I didn't really address that even, but... For me, yeah. for me, that's such like a lesser <laughs> aspect of it, but that's, you know, that's still cool. Well, I mean, like who buys physical video games? I might actually have to buy. You'll still see a, phys- a physical copy. You'll of still, this game. you'll still see him on the loading screen. Every time it comes up, you you'll see, see <laughs> yeah, exactly. you see, you see Luca this year, you know, every time. Yeah. He'll be on that home so. screen for tons of playstations and Xboxes across, uh, across the world. Yeah. It's pretty cool to see him do that as well. You know, we've talked about him not quite getting his due. I think we can drop that now, right? <laughs> we talked about the insecurity, but being on the cover of 2K, what are the last covers we had? Luca. I mean, honestly, year, Anthony Davis the previous year. Was it Anthony These are Davis superstars. two years ago? Yeah, no. On, so. Honestly, if anything, you know, with the way the season ended, of course the fans need to drop that entire act of "oh, we're so underrated, we're so underrated," which like has yeah. has bothered me for a long time, to be honest. But especially now with the way last season ended. I need everyone on that roster, whoever's going to be on that roster in two months, to be in full vengeance mode. They, they, hey, need, to be, they need to be motivated by hate and rage. That's how I need them to we, come out next season. We got a Sham Sharania tweet. Don't tell me it just happened. 40 minutes free into agent, the pod. 
Free agent center Jalen Smith has agreed to a two-year deal to return to the Indiana Pacers. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say to return to the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you were hanging on every word like I was Brian Windhorst. Yeah, there. well, you didn't uh, make congratulations it Congratulations to Jalen Smith. If, if Jalen Smith ends up being a great NBA player, uh, you know, as much as James Jones bungled that, <laughs> he can actually hang his hat on that a little bit as well you got anything else before we got to go here nah let's uh let's see if anything happens stay glued uh, to, we could be back as to soon Twitter. as tonight <laughs> if we <laughs> would you would, if we, would we even tomorrow re- would we even release this if something came out tonight? i'm gonna i'm gonna do it right now right. as quickly as i possibly can get right, this out for people to uh, to listen to appreciate you guys uh obviously more coming once we find out who's actually playing for the phoenix suns next season I'm going to tell you something happened yesterday. The league executives were wondering what the heck it means. And it happened within five minutes. In fact, Adrian, the tweet right before, Mm -hmm. Adrian tweeted about Grant. He tweeted something else. There's a trade yesterday between the Utah Jazz and the Brooklyn Nets. It's a very strange trade. Very strange trade. Very strange trade. Very strange trade. Very strange trip. Very strange trip. Very strange trip. Very strange trip. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.